Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Coming up on Money Beats, look at the week ahead. It's earnings season. It's really heating up now. Still have a lot of big banks reporting, a lot of blue chips reporting, and United Continental embattled and reporting earnings. Also on the data front, we have some reports on the housing market, industrial production, China's GDP, and the IMF's spring meetings. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Money Beat's Look at the Week Ahead. I am Paul Vigna. I'm Stephen Grosser. I am glad to see you, Stephen Grosser. How are you, my friend? I'm good. You are? Yeah, I'm very good. That's very good. And uh, here to help us with the preview for the week, we have in the studio with us our friend Sarah Krause. Sarah, it's good to see you. How are you? Good to see you. Things are good. And from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Jeffrey Sparshot. Jeff, how you doing, man? Very well, thanks. Good. Uh, thanks for coming on. We always appreciate having you guys take a little time out of your, your busy schedules to help us out here. So thanks. No problem. It's always a pleasure. No, that was good. That was oh, good. Oh, thank, I'm, I'm glad you thanked them. I, well, you know, we appreciate it. And our and our listeners appreciate it as well. So, Jeff, you think after all these podcasts that we'd be able to understand, uh, you know, read each other's read facial each other. expressions? Sometimes, and we, sometimes and we, not. We, we still don't. And we get these awkward pauses. Sometimes, sometimes not. We're, look, uh, we're, we're much more the professional writers and editors than we are podcasters. And you also but, tend to think I have a lot more to say than I actually do. I do. That's what it's really is. It's me trying to give you a little chance to jump in there because I think you want to jump in. But sometimes I get All right. Let's let Jeffrey Sparshot jump in. Uh, Jeff, uh, what's cooking down on the economic calendar this week? Sure. I think domestically, um, the biggest set of indicators are going to come out of the housing market, uh, culminating with existing home sales on Friday. And so far this year, it's been a bit of a mixed bag on the housing front. Housing starts construction has been fairly strong. It hit a 10-year high last uh, in February. Um, builders will get the National Association of Home Builders Index on Monday. That's been uh, everyone's fairly upbeat. But the downside is there just isn't a lot of inventory right now. There's there's steady job creation. There's still fairly low mortgage rates. I think they were just around 4% last week. Um, but inventories are lean and prices are going up fairly fast. So that's constrained the market to some degree. So right now, the consensus is for a slight uptick to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.57 million hmm. for March, which is a decent number. Um, you know, we're still not looking at, at anything bubbly at all, though. And it'll be interesting to see what happens to prices as well. I think one of the interesting things is at the start of the year, you had, I think, people really expecting a much bigger uptick in rates, uh, so, you know, more rates and mortgage rates. Um, we haven't really seen that. Do you, does that that bodes well for the housing market? Because people were worried that an uptick in rates could, you know, sort of weigh on the market this year. It definitely should. And in fact, they've been. Uh, you know, Freddie Mac does their survey every week. In the last couple of weeks, it's actually gone down. It's down yeah. to four point oh eight percent for a, a thirty year fixed. With um, I can't remember how many points. So. There could actually be a rush in. I mean, people might say, oh, we better lock this in now. Right. Or people could think, well, right, look at everyone said rates are going to go up and they haven't. So we've got some time. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, I, you know, I don't understand the market psychology on that one entirely. But um, it, it hmm. should be interesting to see. And what kind of pricing levels show? I know prices are rising. What are they? It's about a 3% clip. Is that what it is? I thought I saw that reported somewhere. It depends. The um, the Case-Shiller Index, I think uh, prices went up at a 30 
one month high last month. Oh. So they've they've really been picking up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's just it's it's pure supply and demand. There's there's just not a lot of inventory out there, so people are bidding things up and um, and buying things quickly. Hmm. When, right. What makes that dynamic start to change? What's the sort of next step in that and in, in adjusting to that? Uh, need more construction. So so we'll get um, housing starts numbers on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. New single family construction hit a 10 year high in February, which was a fairly good sign. But it, I think the numbers were a little bit skewed because February, February was an oddly warm month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's expected to start to come down a little bit in March. And we're still nowhere near um, the types of numbers that we need to, to meet growing population, the type of job creation we had, the type of household formation we have across the U.S. So um, I, I don't think there's a lot of relief in sight, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you look at the calendar on Monday. Can we talk for a second about China and the, the GDP numbers coming out? Yeah, sure. That's I exciting. Mean, it's exciting. You know, good good chance for China to make up some numbers. And, um <laughs> Burn. Um, I mean, they, everyone thinks they're kind of fudged, but uh, you know, I guess it tells us kind of the big picture that, that China's not growing as fast as it has in past years, but it's still growing at a pretty good clip. I think um, the consensus is around six point eight percent, which right. is, you know, I mean, U.S. would love to have something like that. Well, which is what it's been. Uh, how many quarters in a row is now? Has it been six, eight? I mean, about it seems seven. Like, you know, like they're right in that range. Yeah, for a long time. Every quarter, it's about six point eight. It's amazing I was gonna how s- they always hit their targets. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I was going to say. I mean, the the, the fake data from China. Uh, has been, I think, you've been railing about that almost as oh, long as you've been, been railing you know, about wages. It's been notorious for years that they manipulate the yeah. data. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't discover that one. I mean, that's been going on for for a very long time. But I think also what's interesting, uh, putting the China numbers into sort of a larger context, uh, Jeffrey, are the the IMF spring meetings that are coming up this week in D.C. as well. Yeah, that should be pretty interesting. I mean, it's a chance for, you know, the, the heads of central banks from, from Mexico, from Brazil, from the U.K. Um, to kind of have a very public platform for, for what's on their mind, what they're thinking about. Um, they have a lot of bilateral meetings. And right now, I think what's kind of overhanging everything is is a lot of, um, you know, the, the global economy has picked up a little bit. Things are looking a little bit better. Um, but there's a lot of concern about a protectionist turn uh, coming out of the U.S. and some other developed nations. And especially a lot of, you know, Trump administration rhetoric about, you know, we need to bring down trade deficits. How do we go about that? Um, We walked away from the Trans-Pacific Partnership and we want to do bilateral meetings or bilateral agreements. So, you know, how does all that manifest itself? What does it do to trade relationships? Um, Does it mean that there will be different tariffs? Does it mean there will be different tax systems? a lot, of, a lot more friction on the global trade front. It's it's still, still a little bit unclear right now. Does that mean that next week in the markets there could be a little more rockiness? We were just joking before we got going here that it's been sort of quiet. Um, should we expect those meetings to lead to more excitement? I, you know, you guys know, I mean, central bankers are usually really, really cautious. I mm-hmm. mean, the last thing in the world they want to do is rock, rock markets. Yeah. So it would be a surprise if they surprised us, I think. Um, but you never can tell. Well, is there going to be any update to their outlook for global growth? Um, you know, I don't know if the IMF okay. or, or World Bank are going to release um, projection numbers. A lot of times they do around these meetings. Um, they have a pretty limited effect on markets. I mean, it just kind, yeah, of, no, right. kind of captures the broader sense of, of we're not doing as good as we can, which but, seems to be the long-term theme. One of the, one, the reason I was just asking is, is it is interesting as – you know, we came into this year, everyone expecting the growth to really pick up in the U.S. But what we've seen is I think everyone's sort of getting used to the idea that we're going to be stuck in this 2% growth world, if that. 
And but the global economy is actually showing some strong signs of growth. Um, you know, Europe is is oh, signs. Better. I don't know if I go so far as you know strong. Okay, but. sorry. Signs, signs of growth after years of uh, a very <laughs> of, of not growing. No, it's, yeah. but I mean, in China, stabilized. I mean, the, the things are looking up globally for growth. That's what I would say. Yeah, economic growth, and that could actually. I mean, you know, not being terrible overseas could actually be a, a nice boost for the U.S. Right. I would say also in the last couple of weeks, just talking to investors on the ground here, there's been a lot more talk about, hey, let's look outside the U.S. I mean, for a long time, it was we're staying in the U.S., slow and steady. That's where we want to be. And now it's, hey, how about Europe? Or, hey, let's look to emerging. I mean, you're right. Europe especially, I think, is interesting from an equity standpoint because the U.S. has been – I mean, valuations are rich in the U.S. and we're not – investors are very concerned about whether the – the you know growth is going to appear here. Europe is showing signs of you know you know growing, but their stock market has been so beaten down. I mean, mm-hmm. we've heard, you know that the valuations are, are good. It was, there. it was it was the whole Tina thing, right? Yeah. You know, there is no alternative. Like that's you know everything else in the world looked bad, so you have to invest in the U.S. even if the U.S. looks mediocre. But now, as what you guys pointed to, is that the rest of the world is not looking quite so mediocre, and we're we're the ones. Stuck in the mud. Well, you guys know markets a lot better than I do, but I mean, you know, economists anyway. I mean, already they're starting to worry that that you know the Trump administration isn't going to deliver on a lot of its promises. Right. That, right. You know, initially when he came in, they a lot of people upgraded said there's a lot of upside risk because if we get, you know, okay, we'll get the healthcare thing out of the way, then we'll get a tax package, we'll get infrastructure. Yep. Well, we know the healthcare didn't happen. Taxes looking like really, really complicated. And if you can't do that, you get less bang for your buck on infrastructure. Um, so now there's you know a, a view that there's more downside risk. I don't know if that's affecting markets as well, but it's certain certainly affecting the way economists think about it. Oh, no. If you also just said they ran up so much that it's like what what is already built in versus, mm -hmm. you know, what – how, how much further can it reasonably go if these things aren't going to get done? One of the the interesting posts that we wrote this week was actually um, the correlation between Trump's approval rating and the financial stocks, banks in particular. It's the highest correlation. Basically, banks go as his approval rating goes, uh, which is pretty – Interesting, but it speaks to how tied bank stocks were to the promises of deregulation, tax cuts um, coming out of Washington. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else we need to? That. I mean, who knows? It still could happen just a little bit later than we expect. Right, yeah. right. Anything else on the calendar we should be aware of, Jeff? Um, I, how deep in the weeds do you guys want to get? <laughs> <laughs> Any, listen, anything, our listeners trust us to take them places that are good. So anything you think is interesting. There's some Brexit hints potentially coming up, right? UK retail sales data? Yeah, UK retail sales. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know the UK economy that well, but I think they've been hit by, by some inflation. Um, uncertainty is never good for, for consumer sentiment. So, uh, we should see if, if there's that's, you know, falling consumer spending is it could be a potential drag on the U.K. economy just as they're starting to um, launch into negotiations over over Brexit with the EU. Hmm. And uh, on the U.S. front, it's um, it's a pretty dorky number, but industrial <laughs> production is always fun to look at for, for us econ dorks. It's been really oh, yeah. skewed by the, the three components are manufacturing, mining and uh, utilities. And utilities has, has really skewed the headline number lately because of, uh, you know, weather. It's been like really warm February. But under, underneath that, um, mining, which includes oil and gas drilling, has picked up a little bit because commodity prices have stabilized. And um, manufacturing has finally shown some signs of life, which, is, um, which, could, which could be very positive for the economy. See, that's a good one. 
That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We're nerdy. We like it too up here. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. People, don't go away, though, because when we come back, we're going to turn to another thing that will be going on in the markets next week, earnings. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com WSJ. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash W-S-J. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome back to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, and Sarah Krause here in the studio. And we were talking about the economics calendar. Now let's turn to the earnings <coughs> calendar. And, you know, you had, a, you had a couple of banks reporting last week. This week, though, the, the earnings calendar really starts getting going. Yeah. Still a lot of banks, but, you know, we're starting to get going. No, no. This is, I mean, the, the, the Thursday was really the kickoff of earnings season. Right. Uh, this uh, this week is going to be the first big week of earnings, and it's just going to pick up uh, from yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about let, let's let's get right to one that I know is near and dear to Sarah's heart, and that's BlackRock. <laughs> near and dear, yes, um, yes. BlackRock <laughs> reports uh, coming up on Wednesday, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see um, you know w- what their flow patterns are, and it may sort of be a sign of what's to come to, for some of their rivals. I mean, obviously, the first quarter of this year was very different than what we saw in markets. Um, uh, in the first quarter of last year, and asset managers tend to be um, sort of tied to what's happened right. in broad markets. But, um, you know, I think you would expect to see pretty good flows into their exchange-traded funds, their iShares unit, and probably less so on the active stock fund side. Um, that's something that they announced recently they're trying to fix. Um, so that's that's sort of where we are in their case. And, and again, there's a um, – you sort of look to them as a read across for the rest of the industry. You did see J.P. Morgan's fund unit uh, did pretty well in fixed income and multi-asset in terms of bringing in new money. Um, you know, we'll see if that's the case at BlackRock as well. Uh, the, the one thing with BlackRock is always what Larry Fink is going to say. I mean, he's sort of like uh, Jamie Dimon, even Warren Buffett. You know, he's, go- he's on Trump's business council. Um, w- do we have any thoughts on what he might... He offered sort of... some pretty high praise for Trump uh, this week. He spoke at a an evening event in D.C. I believe it was Wednesday night, and said he felt that the president is listening and is being thoughtful about his approach. Um, I think the big one that he's helped advise on is infrastructure. Um, you know, so I'm be interested to see how how bullish he is on the prospect for something getting done there um, in light of some of the healthcare challenges and um, you know whether or not tax makes it across the line as well. So you know, I'm, I'm interested to get a read on his, how optimistic he is for that package going forward or what form that might take. I would also say in terms of you you mentioned three of the biggest banks in the nation reported this week, mm-hmm. um, JP Morgan, yeah. City and Wells. Uh, JP Morgan and City did, you know, fairly you know well. I mean, not they didn't knock anyone's socks off, but did okay. Market was less than impressed, but they were boosted by trading. 
Mm-hmm. That bodes well for Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley. Which report, report this week. Of Goldman Sachs on Tuesday. And then there's Bank of America's reporting. Bank of America should get boosted by trading as well. But some of the other things that sort of – why bank stocks sold off yesterday was you know, they didn't get the benefit in the first quarter of a lot of these pro-growth Trump policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Fed right. that was raising rates. Um, and so that seems like that – you know. Bank of America could sort of suffer yeah. a similar fate. And, and, you know, so you have big banks reporting, a lot of blue chips. Uh, American Express is there, Visa, IBM, Johnson & Johnson. But but what I think is probably going to be the most interesting earnings report, and it will almost have nothing to do with their earnings, is United Continental on Monday. And and specifically, anything that ha- that comes up on the conference call, anything they say in the statement, you know, I mean – they have suffered such a, a, a PR black eye the last week or so. And, I mean, the whole airline industry is really under the microscope. Th- that's going to be very interesting. Well, yeah, and, and it, it actually comes at an interesting time, too, because there's also, you know, the, from the politics of, you know, people flying to this country to higher sure, oil prices. Sure. I mean, right. these have a lot of expectations of, mm-hmm. you know, that could be interesting, but that's you're right. That's going to be overshadowed by this. And United struggled. I mean, I, how many quarters now is it they've been down? Oh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I think they've reported declining earnings for four or five yeah. straight. On top of that, airlines are supposed to be the worst performing uh, group. I think the the earnings from a year ago are supposed to fall 50%. Wow. Largely, that's got to be due to oil, which was uh, in the first quarter of last year down to its all time, you know, to historic lows yeah. uh, under thirty dollars. Mm, I mean, I think the sort of overall summary of this earnings season, though, is is will it support where stock prices are right now? I mean, that's what we've been sort of waiting for right. an answer on. Um, and so it'll be interesting as this plays out. We got a little teaser this week, but really next week I think is when the rubber starts to hit the road and you start to get a meaningful read. Six percent. Of companies have reported, and we've gone from nine point one percent expected growth to nine point two percent. And I think the interesting, and I know we have to wrap this up here, but the interesting dynamics, Sarah, now that you bring it up, is going to be, I think at one point people thought we're going to have great growth because of all the kind of pro growth stuff coming out of Washington and earnings. Mm. Now it's kind of you know now it's we're not getting all the great stuff out of Washington. Will earnings Maybe help earnings us? Will Maybe help. earnings yeah. will help. Yeah. So I've, I've been a, I've been sort of a little bit of a skeptic on earnings, just because this quarter's really big bump is a largely coming from oil, from, right? Right. Rebounding oil prices, which adds go, makes it go from five to nine. That's four percent overall points. GDP. Growth. And then well, the other GDP, big earning, contributor growth, yeah. is financials. And last first quarter of 2016 was a bad quarter for right, banks. Right. Goldman said, we are pressured across all our business lines in the first quarter of 2016. Um, revenues were tumbling. I mean, so they're getting, they're all getting a bounce back, but they're bouncing back from real lows. Right, right. So there's a lot to keep on, keep an eye on. Sarah Crest, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Everybody, thank you for listening. We'll catch up with you soon. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com WSJ.